1: I'm Mark Marble, and I'm Kurtzky, and this is the Lantern Cast, episode 399C. It looks like this might be the the end of the reign of the three ninety nine but we <laughs> just figured out we were holding the line of 399. That, 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 that's the, the, I agree. Uh,
2: we'll, we'll have to we'll have to take that up with management. Maybe we'll have to make make an executive decision. <laughs> No, you can't come back. Uh, uh. So, as an intro to this, this is this episode's going to be in. This episode's going to be in two segments. Uh, the 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 more interesting segment, unless you're really a diehard Green, Lantern, well, maybe even even if you are a diehard Green Lantern fan, the second the the second segment, Jim and I are going to be talking about Disney. We're going to be talking about Disney World's reopening and and the changes and what to expect and my experience is going through the marvelous park reservation system that they rolled out, um, on June 22nd. Uh, but we are beginning with actual green lantern content, whether this is, whether you like it or right, not, whether, whether we like it or not, which we don't, whether you like it or not, as in, I don't, <laughs> they probably don't, but I was going to, I was going to qualify it by saying, well, whether you don't like our review of it or whether you actually don't like the content or or both the reality is yes we're actually going to begin with green Lantern uh, content unfortunately that brings us to the Green Lantern season two number four which yeah um, and, and I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna give a, b- a disclaimer right off the top because I was gonna joke and I'm still gonna make the joke but it's it, it, uh, but by doing this now I'm nullifying the the true analogy I was going to say i 'm pulling a Joe Biden because I read this issue, and I was friggin totally lost, so I, went, I I went and looked at what Myron wrote to see if I could figure out if he had any pearls of wisdom so i I will be lifting some not like sentences or anything, but I would be lifting reference points from from the blog from myron 's blog of Oa, which I already told him I was going to so i 'm not really pulling a biden because i 'm acknowledging it before I even do it <laughs> but it 's similar. <laughs> Uh, but so yeah, so that's I wa- I wanted to put that out there you know, right right off the bat that this this was not this issue This issue lied to me there. <laughs> it made me think in the preview that this oh we were gonna this we were gonna get Morrison dialed down to four. The preview was Morrison dialed down to four. It quickly went up to eleven for the rest of the book. Where between trying to tra- you know, trying to understand what these characters are saying in their in their horrible, like butchered, accented, dragged out, childlike English, and all this other stuff, and all these references, where yes, back to the old, hey, you better get your Encyclopedia Greenlantica out so you can t- cross-reference, with and with pictures too to try to figure out half half this half this crap. But that being said. Uh let me let me roll roll into this or stagger into it as it might be. Uh the actual issue's title is The Golden Giants of Neo Pangea. Uh, Grant Morrison script, Liam Sharp Art, Steve Vol of Colors, Tom Orjachowski Letters, Liam Sharp cover, Mateo Sc- Scalera and Moreno Denisio did the variant cover, Brian Cunningham was the editor. So we begin the first page is in this weird volcanic like uh, world when Hal's like waking up or beginning consciousness in this giant footprint, asking like you know what happened? you know, where Central City and his ring. There's a story, Hal Jordan. Note how he doesn't say it's a good story,
1: Dan. <laughs> hey, I haven't noticed, but if, has the ring been talking more like a character ever since that world within a ring story?
2: I think yes, but I think it actually technically. I don't know if that's the only reason for it because we know the whole, you know, the batteries and everything else they, they were the whole AI was being redone when this okay. series began because of the Cyborg Superman thing at the end of Green Lanterns.
1: Oh uh, yeah, cuz my biggest my biggest problem with that that issue where like how was inside the ring was like like by the time you realize like by the time they reveal that oh this this woman he's been helping is the uh, personification of the ring AI is the very end of the issue, and they they separate from each other again, and you never get a chance to explore, like, hey, what's that relationship like where they can, like, talk, they can be, like, like like two people on even terms for the first time ever. Like, how would the, what would the, they have to say to each other kind of thing? So part of me was kind of hoping that, like, the ring just kind of became his, not sidekick, but like confidant or something going right. forward. It's, and it's still kind of too bad that when you really think about
2: it, that was all the time they had the AI in the rings and all this stuff that the reality is that it, it really wasn't until we got Jessica in her ring. Before they actually decided to, hey, you know, we could play up this personality thing with the ring, or this yeah. connection between, because that, because that is, that seems so blatantly obvious that that's something that could happen. Which, and again, I, 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 do this just because, well, it's a small pat on the back, but it's also because of the fact <laughs> that it just makes sense that when, when I did, you know, when I did my green, my my Green Lantern script, that's one of the things I I established or began establishing early on that Hal's connection to the ring was different. That and that also was enabled Hal to do things that other people couldn't do, and it also was going to be setting the stage for when I got to Emerald Twilight why Hal's rings in and say hey no we can't just do we can't do that we're going to (laughs) stop I'm going to shut off it's like no based on different things because of the relationship the the willpower clearly but the relationship there actually is a bond there between the between the the bearer and there so I I do think it was. I mean, I give full credit to them doing it in the Jessica in the you know in the Green Lanterns book, but it's kind of sad that for all the years we've had the eighty years of Green Lantern that 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 was like the first Green Lantern that really had a had had a personal relationship with their ring or the ring had personality.
1: Uh, I will say, if anybody out there really does like that idea and would like to see it explored in some sci-fi means, there is an episode of Doctor Who called "The Doctor's Wife," where they do this. They do basically that exact. Morrison issue where the doctor the tardis the doctor's time machine that he's been traveling around in a th- for a thousand years like the the mind or soul or whatever of the tardis gets put into a human body and gets to be like an a, a literal character who is his equal for an episode and unlike this this uh, green lantern issue they realize that is the TARDIS, within the first 10 minutes. And the entire rest of the story is about how do these two characters re- relate to each other in this brand new way that has never been possible before. And it's absolutely fantastic.
2: Sounds interesting. I don't think I watched that. I don't think I watched that one. Liz used to watch a lot of Doctor Who, but I don't know if I... How, is that, is that how? What season was that? I forget the numbers. It's a Matt Smith episode. Oh, Matt Smith. And it's then. Then there's a chance, even without realizing that that's that, that was the episode I might have, because I know we we did watch a lot of the Matt, a lot of the Matt Smith of all of all the things that sh- all the different episodes or seasons you watched. The Matt Smith stuff was the stuff I liked. Uh, I like Correction. I let me take that back. I like David Tennant better. But it be but. I think she liked Matt Smith more, but I did like the Matt Smith stuff too, but we did watch a lot of that. So it's, pos- it's possible that I actually did watch that.
1: But I've liked all the new guys. I, just, I think Eccleston is still my favorite. It's probably because he had one single season, so like like he, he didn't stick around long enough to get bad, you know? like he had some like some middle of the road episodes but even they were had like it like they were like really kind of charming stories. Uh but speaking of stuff that's fantastic, why don't you tell us about The Green Lantern season oh, 2 number number 4. Number 4. Uh so we we're, we're really
2: we're really doing well so far. Uh four four four. uh now as we're getting into this let's let's just state this for the record. Despite despite the rumor, there's no truth to the fact that In order to avoid doing this issue, Chad perforated his own colon. That is not true. That is not true. But if it
1: had been true, I would completely understand. If it had been true, I would have done it too. (laughs) It's like, it makes
2: perfect sense. that Oh, this issue is coming up. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, so we begin with that. Now we're back to what? We're in actually in Central City, and Hal's looking at a, how ironic, looking at a big, a big golden footprint, or in, in stone, it seems, and, and Barry shows up, the Flash shows up, and they're conversing, and they're looking at the statue of this gold, of this golden giant, and they're just, they're just talking a whole lot of Flash and Crisis and Green Lantern stuff, and then all of a sudden, we, we find out that, uh, Olivia Reynolds, who was a character, that goes back to, which has ties to the Flash and Hal Jordan, obviously. We, as they tell you right in the story, this Hal kind of Hal kind of knows her supposedly just from her day back when he was doing that horrible toy job that he had. Not <laughs> not the, not the best thing on his resume, but I guess Olivia Reynolds actually debuted in the Flash one ninety one, and that mentioning of the leg of the leg leglands actually goes back to that to that story. Uh, and we find out that obviously she has more. She has more to her than meets the eye, and so if you hadn't, you didn't know her art, her background. You find, kind of realize this as the story goes on, and they start. And again, there's a lot of catching up between Hal and and Olivia, and none of it's overly overly thrilling. But then, as we're talking, this big golden hand kind of like just reaches out and and, and goes to grab her. You know, Barry just does his Barry thing, and now all of a sudden now they're like uh, I like the uh, t- with the technodactyls or whatever they, that that was kind of clever
1: uh, <laughs> the that's ring. a great name yeah great name. it is te-
2: technodactyls with these with these like mechanical pterodactyl like creatures that are that Hal's squaring off for, and I like the fact that the ring of course comes up with that name that's, that's pretty neat and then we find out that basically Hal, you know, Hal thinks he's on earth or in the past or whatever we find out that they're not anywhere near they're not anywhere near earth you know, they're in the Perseus arm of the galactic spiral. You know this. You know this planet is a toy, and of course, uh, we've, with Olivia and Olivia and Barry are dealing with these golden golden giants, and then we see that we have this little this this baby essentially this baby golden giant called Quing who has all these toys and he's and he's just basically he. He's not the best kid in the world since he just likes playing with his toys until he breaks them. So that's not really good considering <laughs> considering the three of them are kinda of like lined up to be toys toys that he breaks. But at least Barry and Olivia short term. Hal's dealing with the golden giants, and you get all this mumbo jumbo trying to even understand what the hell they're saying because of the way they're speaking is is convoluted. I guess these golden giants. Thank you again, Myron. Go back to Flash one twenty. I think that was the first appearance of the Golden Giants in the story, and this also ties – and I mentioned in this book, I think, uh, Zundernel, which was a character we saw in the Green Lantern season one, I think, issue 11, we saw that character. Oh,
1: was that the – that was the guy during the multiverse crossover? Yes, the multiverse,
2: the guardians of the – the the multiversal guardians or whatever the hell they call themselves, the guardians of the multiverse or whatever they were. Yes, that – that golden giant, I believe, is supposed to be one of these golden giants. Um, <clears throat> so, Quing is just a brat, and he starts—he starts have you know, playing a lot of games and causing a lot of problems. We find out that Olivia basically has a—you know—she has this you mind power, which has—it's kind of like, to me, it kind of reminded me of, of Jean Grey with the Phoenix. That she has like this unlimited power that she basically she's been made to forget because if she remembers it, like it's either gonna drive her nuts and/or she's just gonna you know destroy like tons of worlds with it and besides herself. And that and that goes back to her original appearance too. So she's basically been made to forget all this. Uh, and they're supposed to be faced. Oh, they're supposed to be facing what? Three tests. There's three tests for uh, that. Barry, Barry, Hal, and Olivia are supposed to face. She ends up tapping into the. I do like. I do like when Hal uses. It makes the pool cue. Yeah. And he and he basically is shooting planets or whatever. And I do like the. I do like the fact when when one of the one of the new rules is the fact that I guess there's no limit to the scale of the construct if you're will. Which is kind of. It makes sense to go with the tradition of what a Green Lantern ring is supposed to be. The idea that if you if your will is strong enough and you can
1: imagine it, you can make it. it yeah. Well, I, I I I mean I agree with you, but. I didn't understand how that was new. Like I thought, like I never realized there was a a limit to the size of a construct ever.
2: Maybe we, maybe we never had to deal with it in a story where they were actually (laughs) making something that was so outrageous, so outrageously big, that you know that it would it would be a conflict. But instead, he basically makes Hal makes you know these gigantic two hands and a pool cue to shoot this you know this this toy of a planet. And I like the way it's calculating you know, the direction of all of all the shots. Yeah. Uh, Al- Olivia, ba- well, Barry's trying doing his best to take out take out the golden the golden giants here. <laughs> she real Olivia real te- temporarily realizes that, you know, that she has this tie to this power, and even without realizing it, she ends up basically convincing them that uh, hey, she ta- she talked them out of invading Earth, which all this thing was basically a precursor. To set up uh, an invasion of Earth and the and the golden giants that had been on Earth that they were like in that museum or I guess almost like scouts, advanced scouts or an early wave of invaders, been somehow <laughs> not surprisingly if you look at the world today, being 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 on the Earth supposedly it made them st- <laughs> being on Earth it made them stupid <laughs> over time <Yeah. laughs> you can't you can't argue with that reason and so you kind of and i don't I don't get the whole narration with some of this about you know which is Queen and who's the one fool i i, I it might mean something it means nothing to me, I don't care, but we have but we see the baby Quing and it's like, oh oh the Quing is dead, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like kind of like rises from the ashes with like like spider wings and kind of looking like almost like Billy the puppet from saw with the long live the Quing. easy for you to say so back you know back at the museum, hal and Barry have you know have a, have a few words. Before you know, Barry kind of takes off, and then uh, you know, the Guardians, the Guardians contact Hal and let him know that basically there's a you know a Galactic Plus. I like that Galactic Plus class super destroyer. That's the threat <laughs> level, uh, which which is Hyperman. That he's basically you know he's you know he's on Earth. He's behind you, and then we find out <laughs> oh it's not just him because Hyper because Hyper Hyperwoman and but the dog and and Hyperdog or whatever the hell they, they actually are called are behind Hal too and she reaches out and she puts him in a in a chokehold, It's like we all have to die sometime, Green Lantern. Trust me, it's nothing personal.
1: I like how like the the inciting incident for that is Barry's starts to run away and then a couple of pounds later Hal realizes, oh Barry's standing still. Yes. Oh the whole world froze. Yes. Oh jeez Yes, it's
2: like he's there. He's still there. He's still there <laughs>
1: I mean, there's, there's some legitimately, like, cool ideas in this book. Like, I love, like, calling back to Hal's days as a toy salesman, because who even... Like, that's one of those polls where it's like, you know what? Nobody remembers that, but people should know about that, you know? <laughs> and, and like, I don't... I've never read anything with Olivia Reynolds in it before. I've heard of the U Mind, but... So like, I think bringing that character back in is kind of cool. I kind of wish more of the story had to do with that whole era of Hal's past coming back. And like, especially since like, okay, you're going to make the villains a, a literal, like, like a world embodied by what they were going to make a toy line out of to sell. Like it's, it feels like this should have been like a more focused to like, character piece about Hal and, like, the life he left behind, almost.
2: But no! (laughs) (laughs) But instead we get this steaming pile of monkey crap. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, I apologize. Chad owes us... He owes us both apologies, because if Chad were here... He'd be the one. Not that I'm really going to go off on a rant because I, you have to have passion to go off on a rant. Uh, I, if Chad were here, this might be. A, if Chad were here, his rant would be might be so strong. He probably would. He probably would need a whole colon transplant. And it'd be. <laughs> he'd bust a gut so much. And of course, Chad owes you an apology because if Chad were here, you wouldn't have to be
1: here for this crap. <laughs> God, you know I'm. You were telling me things in this plot summary that I didn't know. Because I got about halfway through, and then I decided I'm just not going to read any of the aliens dialogue anymore because <laughs> like this it's 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 so annoying. It's not even like like
2: ugh. yeah page so, after page after page of it is just a it's just ridiculous.
1: It's like Morrison something I really like is the idea of leaning into the 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 concept of well you know you're a human working with aliens and the other ring is a universal translator, but it's never gonna, it's almost never going to translate perfectly. And it's like, like the languages aren't always going to gel perfectly well. So some of it will be in broken English. Some of it will have like some jumbled letters sometimes or a weird sentence structure, but like you'll be able to like, like look at it for extra half a second or so and you'll be able to get it. And I like that idea but when you pair it with the fact that morrison also loves to pepper his dialogue with with these like wild fake terms and names and stuff like like multiple like m- multiple panels per page of every single one of his issues i have to spend like thinking like okay wait i, r- I just read that line what did it say okay that word like if you un- if you scramble the letters around do that does that make a a word that's common in English or, wait, it doesn't? Wait, maybe that's supposed to be a made-up word? Okay, is that the name of a person or a place? And I have to do that so many times on every single page that it just, it's not it's not making any of this better. It's not like exploring the concept of tr- of com- of communicating with, with aliens. It's just making it take longer to read the page and not in like a uh i'm absorbing everything (laughs) like if anything it's making it harder because like i like to read comics slowly i like to to really take in like everything i've been i'm being shown and everything the characters are saying because like i really love to like kind of turn it all over in my mind and like think about what it is and what it could mean and what it is but like I lose the ability to do that with this book because like so much of my time is spent just trying to figure out what the hell it even like what what did he write? I can read a, a Morrison panel and not know what Morrison wrote in it because it he just makes it too obtuse and not even like like ugh. Mm. <laughs> Cause like it's. Cause I
2: don't it, even know.
1: I don't even know what
2: to say. Dan has been. Dan has been stunned into silence. <laughs> uh it's not enjoyable. It's not an enjoyable read when it's like this. It's like, I don't know. It's not. It's not. You shouldn't. We've talked about this before when it comes to this book. You shouldn't have to have, literally have an encyclopedia or have an encyclopedic knowledge of Green Lantern to be able to understand what the F is going on on the page. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do that. But yet too many issues are, are, are like that, and it's like – and plus it doesn't
1: – plus you don't necessarily know where some of these things are, are going and there's a there's a version of this where this could be spectacular like if you tell me that hey you've been reading Green Lantern for almost as long as you've been alive, but i'm gonna pull i'm gonna make some some deep polls that that bring back up stuff that even you have long forgotten or maybe you didn't even know about in the first place that's kind of exciting that's cool like bring up bring up. Stuff from the past that almost never gets brought back up again, and use it in like relevant new stories. That's that's fantastic. But like, do it in a way that's even halfway accessible.
2: Yes, and accessible. Accessible is not a word that one <laughs> one would associate with this issue. <laughs> uh, the artwork was nice again. The well. Mm. Okay. Go on. Do you say what you didn't. Like? I mean, I, I will admit there were some parts of it, some things I didn't like about it. But but there were some. But the majority, uh, a lot of the stuff with Hal, I liked. And dealing with the Golden Giants, I liked. I thought the I thought those panels were, were pretty good. Uh, but go
1: again Like the the art. Like there were there were, I had to keep checking to see if like there was like a second penciler on this book, and there isn't. And it's not like there's like some any like a bunch of inkers or anything like that, but it's because like a bunch of pages look like the same like caliber that we're used to seeing from Liam Sharp on this book. Like the first page, the the um the page with the pterodactyl, the the one where Hal's like doing the pool cue thing in space, like all that stuff looks fantastic. That's like that's exactly what we've come to expect from Liam Sharp. But like so many of the other pages just scattered throughout the middle of this it's like like I don't know I like I barely even recognize that he drew it and I don't know if it's like a coloring thing or if like he's shading it differently or something but it's like it it just looks I'm, I'm struggling to even even describe what's wrong with it like I don't think there's a there's barely any panels in this book where Barry looks good.
2: That's true. That could just – but that could be also be a Liam Sharp. Maybe Liam just doesn't do Barry well. Uh, but I, I do – I agree. Uh, I do think there are some panels. I, I would – I think that – I did think naturally that there there were – there was another artist too at times on this book
1: because – yes, there's a lot of shots where like the background is either not there or or kind of vague and it makes me wonder if like there was a time crunch or something here.
2: I don't know. We've seen a lot we've seen a lot of back I think we've seen a lot of backgrounds like that in in some of these books though where there's a lot of, of dead space whether it happens to be white or whether it happens to be black or it just seems like there's there's we ha- I think we have seen a lot of backgrounds that are relatively Bland, if you will, and empty. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily know if if there was a particular reason. They also, they also, which as I'm re-flipping through this book, for some strange reason, because on on so many panels they were go, they go out of their way to be precise about these. They are kind of inc- they're, they're a little inconsistent on her freckles too. There's a couple of panels when she like has no freckles at all, including relatively. Decent shots of her face, and then the smaller panels in which you can still see they're making an effort
1: to put put freckles on her. Well, that's the power of the you mind. Apparently, apparently so. Uh,
2: I, I don't know. I think let's put it this way: you you know this you know this issue you know this issue was is is and was bad when even even Myron was enthralled with this issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Really? Yes he 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 was he he was not entirely he was not entirely on board. Uh, I'm sure he was more on board still than you and I are. But the reality is, but no, this I don't think this this was not his favorite Morrison book either. So by reading what he wrote, uh, I don't know. I think yeah, I I don't know about this. It's like I was I was with that with the nice preview. I, I really was hoping this was going to be one of the good Grant Morrison stories that we've gotten where it's you know it's just a straightforward story. Yeah, you might throw in some reference points to other to other books and other runs and things like that, but understanding what's going on is a pretty straightforward task. No, 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 that's not what this that's not what what this issue was. And it after a, in a way after a while the lack that lack of consistency I think just starts wearing you down is that you. It's the far uh, this this book becomes like the Forrest Gump of Green Lantern titles after a while because it's like you never know what you're gonna get, and that's what it's like. It's like are you gonna get are you gonna get an easy straightforward story, or are you gonna get Morrison pulling stuff out of every orifice of his body and and going in every <laughs> volume of this and volume of that just to for what? Because he because he likes doing that, <laughs> and, yeah. and it doesn't matter. Regardless of whether it makes the story better or not, it's like this is what I like.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the far scump of Green Lantern stories. You never know where you're gonna get, and boomers love it for some reason. <laughs> uh, can I tell you like the one, the oh, one Barry thing, this, Run. the one th- oh god wow the one, <laughs> the one thing Grant Morrison did successfully do in this issue was take away my hope because <laughs> I I had been holding on. To the the unsure, like I was never sure that this series was even supposed to be in current continuity. I was like, because because the just everything about the presentation of it and the fact that it's just sort of Hal off doing his own thing, it like you could very easily say like, oh, this is just this is a modern Silver Age book. It takes place. In its own little world, who cares? They're just doing their thing, and that's fine. I like that's I I I wholeheartedly endorse that. Not because I want to keep it distant, but I like I can I can respect that approach. And then you have like page five of this, where they just flat out talk about heroes in crisis, and I'm like, well, damn it. <laughs> This is real.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're we're, talking, we're about,
1: talking about Wally, and yeah. I don't... Also, it's it's kind of it, yeah. You, you ever have that phenomenon where you're watching a movie, and the movie is terrible, and in the middle of the movie, a character sits down and turns on the TV, and they start watching like a better movie, like a real movie that is better than the one they're in. Yeah, I, th- I I know what I I think I felt that way, yes. Cuz like I'm it's like you're it's like you're watching like you're you've got some like terrible like 80s like cop drama or something on and like and like somebody turns on the TV and The Simpsons is on and you're like, "Oh man, I wish I was watching The Simpsons instead of this crap." I read page 5 and I'm like, "Man, I should stop and just reread Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> I like that story." <laughs> <laughs> oh man
2: I don't know this 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 was a tough one man this was this was definitely not a story that I was hoping we were going to get
1: <laughs> it kind of sucks that this is probably this is the one <laughs> this is the only appearance Olivia Reynolds is going to get for another 60 years probably
2: hey you never know somebody could be Somebody could be inspired to use her again, Morrison.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, in the, the the big like eighty page spectacular, they'll they'll cap off his run where it all comes together. Season five. <laughs> Have they confirmed yet? Like, what's up with like is this is this going to be twelve issues long? Is this the last one? I don't think they've
2: confirmed whether this is going to be the last one. I do believe the last news that we've heard is that this book, yes, is back to being a t- 12 issue season two, as opposed wow. to being reined in when 5th uh, gen, Gen 5 crap was supposed to be going on big. So I mm. think that, I think, I think with that obstacle cleared out of the way, that I think this is back to a full 12 issue, 12 issue run. Neat. I know. Again, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is a the only the only reason why it was kind of a <clears throat> um, in theory a good thing was because at least you didn't have some truncated run where you, where you never where you didn't know what the uh, how it could have been if uh, basically the editorial had basically ripped four issues.
1: Oh yeah, no, and and I. Regardless of how I feel about Morrison's run, I do want him to have the opportunity to finish telling his story the way he intended to tell it. And even even if it's at the end of the day, it just becomes, you know, we can evaluate it honestly based on what he wanted it to be and not what it ended up being because he lost, you know, the final four issues and had to, like, Speed through.
2: Yes, could you, he not just because of who he is, but just because for the sake of continuity, which might be debatable using in in, in this kind of book, and even coherency, which is another which a word is, <laughs> is clearly not debatable about using in context to this book. <laughs> but still, he should be he should be allowed to, you know, especially he should be allowed to tell the stories that he wanted to and just no matter what i mean you knew everything pointed to he was fin- he was staying at least through 2 years on this book so let him do let him do what he wants to do and whether he stays for a third another story whether we want him to stay for another third you know you know who the hell knows but this is this
1: is definitely not the golden age of green lantern man. <laughs> <laughs> well i say let him stay as long as he needs to provide Chad comes back and I don't have to read these anymore. <laughs> it's like, that
2: is true, so there's, there's a pretty decent shot that you might not have to at least do the next, or you'll never have to, but you might even not even be <laughs> recruited or drafted to try to to be my partner in crime to do the next issue whenever the hell it comes out of this book. Um, I don't know, but...
1: I'm pretty sure you could trick Jim into it. Oh.
2: Well, I could tr- I could ask Jim and
1: Jim would probably
0: he
2: would probably say a lot of bad things about the book too. <laughs> but you're you're kind of like waxing like unpoetic f- from the perspective of cuz it's bad not because what you're saying is an eloquent. So it's, it's kind of hard to say you're waxing poetic when you're taking a, st- a steamer on something. <laughs> but but it, but if it's possible then yes, you were wax- waxing poetic about about something that gives you a migraine just thinking about it mm, but we we certainly got more content out of that than i expected yeah which which is which is good so uh, i figured how i figured how long the next segment is. It, it, i think <laughs> i i don't know it's not it's not outrageously long and it's but but yeah so if you're in so before i i let dan talk about you know his his youtube channel uh, that yes for the next if you're have any interest at all in uh, in anything related to Disney World and all the 8,000 things that are going on and how the world's different or if you're if you're having this pipe dream about actually going to Disney World sometime this year then you'll definitely want to listen to you'll definitely want to listen to this because there's a lot of information you probably if you didn't know or even if you did know it's like it's it's stuff to think about but before we end this segment, let me turn it over to Dan, and he can uh, push his gladly push his uh, YouTube channel.
1: Yes, just like how Jim started the Lantern Cast because he wanted to listen to a Green Lantern podcast and none existed, I started a an analytical deep dive kind of Green Lantern YouTube channel, which you know I thought about doing in podcast form, but. I've come to really like the ability to like use the video format to actually show you exactly what it is I'm talking about as I'm talking about it. You know, comics are a, are a very visual medium, and there's power in sharing those visuals in the discussion. Uh, so the channel is called Mosaic Comics, and it's it's still fairly new. Uh, I've got about I think six videos up there right now in topics ranging from a deep dive into what the powers of the white lantern ring actually are and are not you're if you're if you're thinking of something that a white lantern can do right now in your head i can tell you you're probably wrong <laughs> oh god i read so many comics for that um, <laughs> i do a I i do a deep dive into some, the character of simon baz why i like his character so much and why Jeff Johns felt the need to create him in the first place. Uh, there's a look back at a uh, at a uh, 2002 Alan Scott Prestige format book that is just a modern reimagining and retooling of All American Comics number 61, the first appearance of Solomon Grundy. Uh, just this kind of stuff, like anything that I think is really interesting about Green Lantern that I can get a good, a really good tight 8 to 15 minute discussion out of. I just, I spend a few weeks researching it and writing it out and giving the topic my all. So if that sounds good to you, go to youtube.com, type in Mosaic Comics, or if you like the idea, but you don't like watching YouTube videos, I'm also posting the full scripts of these videos to a blog, which is mosaiccomics.com blogspot.com and I try to post a new one every Sunday but I'm running into a, a lot of my ideas are rather large and require a lot of research so uh, it's it's very quickly going to reach the point of they'll come out whenever they come out <laughs>
2: <laughs> you'll get it when you get it <laughs> well you're doing a good job so when we uh, so when we do <laughs> do our episode on that apparently it won't be a 399 episode <laughs> but on the bright side it'll be a proper it'll be a proper incontinuity number <laughs> Nice. Unless, unless, as I joked around with Chad, like <laughs> because we have all the three ninety nines, now we can just uh, revert to legacy numbering and just like skip like six episodes and jump back to like episode four or seven or something. <laughs>
1: well, we well you have to have three uh, three Black Star episodes, so you can rebrand that for three episodes and then go back <laughs> and then have and then have an annual and then the season one two. <laughs>
2: That is true. We 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 could, if we wanted to do actual proper legacy ep- and and just throw everything in the mix, we'd have to go back and look at every episode we've ever done from zero from zero episodes to all, all these different things to to get an f- actual proper number of, which should be curious to see the number of actual any kind of episodes we've ever, we've ever released. Well, do do
1: the do the thing that Marvel did like ten years ago where or 20 years ago whenever the hell that was where they would have the current number like the current numbering system the modern numbering system in big bold numbers but like above it in like kind of faded numbers would be like the actual historical number so like it would be like oh you know uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue 29 but really it's it's 342 you know that kind of thing <laughs> And we would have to do that by like you know you know and this is the LanderCast, episode episode pie episode four hundred and then in the background somebody whispers there's eleven seventy eight
2: that that could be like that could be one of our maybe our mystery things is like uh, instead of like jars and a of jelly beans in a jar. It's like between the four, like the four of us is like without without going to count. Throw out a number of how many actual lanterns, including spinoffs, including sp- spotlights. Without just in that moment, <laughs> you never know. Just boom! Like how many episodes? Uh, Whoever
1: whoever's the whoever's the most wrong has to review Grant the rest of <laughs> the Morrison book by themselves. Yeah,
2: <clears throat> God. And by themselves, with the caveat that each segment, each issue you review, has to be at least 15 minutes long. <laughs> oh, it would be. And you can't just talk like this. <laughs> uh, so I think that will be. I think that's going to be it for this segment. Dan will return, and our the plan for the next episode will be the 80 80th anniversary, hundred page giant so that is what the game plan is and it may the signs right now point to it actually being 400 it might actually That's, be episode 400 <laughs> I think that lines up
1: really damn well
2: well yes this was this, this arguably this was just as good as what he, what Chad and I were going to do uh, or maybe it's, in a way it could be better because it, this covers everybody this covers the entire get, runs the
1: whole, entire gamut of of the of uh, lanterns, so uh, I think and it, I think it it lines up a little too well, Mark. Like maybe somebody arranged a little something to happen to Chad, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> we had we had we had like a, what, what's his name the uh, what the
2: virus Green Lantern? They, who were they actually mentioned in this thing? <laughs> yeah, Liesel Pond. The, we sent Bald- Liesel Pond inside of Chad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he took Chad out just so we could get the. Just so we could get the right number of 399 episodes, just so 400 would come out, it would be an impo- relative, It would be an appropriate topic, and the timing would be almost. You know, it, it's not coming out the week the issue was released, but it's being coming out the week after it was released, which is historically how we do most of the reviews anyway. At least this usually, at least we usually don't do them the week they
1: come out. So, oh, release dates for everything are weird. Like we're doing, we're doing the episode the week after it came out. I got the digital copy the day before it came out. It's like, it's... Who knows? Who knows? So Although, is- di- digital comics coming out on Tuesdays is, is pretty nice.
2: Yeah, it's... And what is the deal now? They have options to release comics on Tuesday?
1: Somebody does. Whether it was, two, was it DC? Somebody... What are, what are, well, just- I'm not sure about if it's... I just assumed it was everybody. Maybe it is just DC, because right now I'm only... Subscribed to a small handful of DC books, uh, so I don't really know. I just know for for a while now, for at least a couple months. Um, maybe it's maybe it's been since since um, comics started coming out again. They've been coming out digitally on Tuesdays, at least from DC.
2: And i will be curious to see how things get a- <laughs> how things get affected with obviously DC moving away from Diamond. <laughs> Yeah. So that'll be an interesting little little caveat. It's like, oh no, the Morrison book was delayed again.
1: <laughs> oh no! Oh, I guess we'll have to carry on somehow. Okay, <laughs> hey, let's just do let's just do that far sector issue again. <laughs> yes, again. Hey, okay, let's 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 do a second review because maybe our opinions have changed since the last time we looked at. <laughs> you know, far sector. I far sector. I can say. For an absolute fact, is a book that will read totally differently today than it did like eight months ago when it started. <laughs> <laughs> Legend Cast Classics every three weeks for Force Center.
2: For <laughs> With a brand new commentary track by Dan and I. <laughs> Yes. And it still would be better than what we had to talk about tonight. So from from Dan and I, we apologize.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not sorry.
1: You all knew what this was.
2: <laughs> That's right. If you listened to this, you kind of knew where this was going. And if not, within the first five minutes, you, you, you knew where this was going. Let it be on your head. <laughs> so uh, for, for at least for the end of for this segment, <laughs> good night, everybody.
1: Good night. See you next week. So we're back. And I mean we're –
2: I mean Jim and I are back, not Dan and
0: I. <laughs> so, and I'm Jim Ford. he's
2: Jim Ford. And so now, <laughs> so now we're going to talk about a few things, but the bulk of this will be something that we've kind of had brewing for a while. Um, that We're going to talk about the Disney World, all the changes being made, and um, we know there will be more. All, all the different things that they're doing and talking about doing related to the, the reopening, which creeps ever closer. Uh, On July 11th, 11th, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom open up, and the new hours for both of those parks, since we might as well get that out of the way, Magic Kingdom will be 9 to 7, Animal Kingdom will be 8 to 6, and at least as of now, those hours carry all the way through to the end of the year, based on what the calendar shows, which we'll talk about uh, in relation to something else. Uh, And on July 15th, Disney Hollywood Studios opens 10 to 8, Epcot opens eleven to nine, and that's what their that's what the game plan is for their regular operating hours for those parks. So we're gonna so because it interests Jim and I, and there's been so much information. I mean, this is one of those things for a while that there was like nothing regarding Disney, including uh, other than our infamous thread on movie was that was that that was movie web right? It was a movie web thread. Yes. but oh yes. yes that the the legendary oh disney disney had already decided they weren't opening their parks again this year. Yeah. Oh god. Uh we we won't get into that that could be a whole episode by itself.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> but it shouldn't be. You're
2: right, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> the, the real but the reality is pretty much from, from that almost from that point forward actually there's been news 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 about opening this opening that and now that we have a lot of information regarding the parks. So we figured and so based on our game plan, I figured we should. We should how, did you want to talk about the, when the resorts are opening before we talk about the changes? You want to, or what? Do you want to talk about basically what they're ripping away before we talk? Yeah, right.
0: Uh, oh, okay. So um, we know that not everything is going to be opening up right away. Uh, they they're not really gearing it towards having a whole bunch of out of towners fly in during a pandemic uh, right off the bat. Anyway. So, July 10th, they're going to be opening up the Disney Animal Kingdom Villas, Jumbo House, Disney's Pop Century Resort, and Disney's Contemporary Resort. Are they opening Jumbo House?
2: For the villas, yes, because that's Vacation Club. Okay, okay. Uh,
0: Then for July 29th, they'll be opening up the Caribbean Beach Resort, uh, August 12th, Polynesian Village Resort, and Disney's Art of Animation Resort, that's in August – yeah, August 12th. Then August 24th, now we're talking like over a month after the parks are open, they're going to be opening up Disney's Grand Floridian Resort. Oh, wait a second. No, August 24th is Disney's Yacht and Beach Club. Oh, boy. September 21st, which is two months after they, uh, they open. That's when the Grand Floridian Resort opens up. Uh, and then uh, October 1st several months after they're open Disney's boardwalk will reopen that's kind of a shame and then October 14th this is this is the biggest shame for me Coronado springs that that's uh, that's the last one scheduled to reopen um, all you know all other hotels are... Currently not scheduled.
2: Well, that's bec- too open. Well, that's because don't forget. To, to be fair, a lot of the hotels actually, a lot of the vac- a lot of the vacation club hotels, a lot of those at parts of the hotel are already open because we're recording this after six twenty-two. On six twenty-two, which was imp- is important about the park reservations, which we'll get to. But on six twenty-two, that was the opening day of a lot of the vacation club resorts. So like, uh, so like the Bay Lake Tower. Uh, dif- different, some I think some parts of the villas, like in Polynesian, different things opened up yesterday as we're recording this. So a lot, so they're so it's, they're doing it incrementally. But even before they're opening, they're opening things up related to it before you can have park access. They did open up a lot of the hotels, a lot of the hotels for the Disney Vacation Club hotels.
0: Mm. So and, um, and yeah, and okay. uh, what you call it? Uh, it looks like the mini van service valet parking dry cleaning club level services and in-room celebrations spas salons arcades character experiences playgrounds campfires and the electrical water pageant are not going to be happening happening during the first phase of reopening
2: yes that is that is true um uh, related to some of the hotels like you mentioned uh court C- certain hotels are stag. C- to be fair some of the hotels also are being open in relation to their their tie-ins and they're, they're being locked into other like to the NBA and things like that so like Coronado springs doesn't open up to the public until 1014 because by then the, the NBA season as they currently can imagine it's going to be that the, the NBA finals will be o- over by then. And the top seeds are, in, are going to be in the Grand Destino Tower at Coronado Springs. So at that point, they won't need to have the bubble anymore for NBA players. So then they could op- open it back up, just like just like when you mentioned Grand Floridian, there, you know, obviously I think the second, the second or third tier of the seeding for the NBA uh, tournament for the NBA playoffs, they're going to that's going to be at Grand Floridian too. So that is probably one of the reasons why Grand Floridian is going to is also being delayed in opening to to the public. Right. So that that that's you know not a lot of people are enthralled about those things but that's but that that explains some of it. We talked you we talked about John house that's and my home away from home I love Animal Kingdom Lodge and when Animal Kingdom Lodge is going to be opened up generally speaking to everyone is still up in the air you get conflicting information some of the reports say that basically since the villas are the villas are going to be able to be you know reserved which is essentially the vacation club rooms that at some point but basically when they get enough mem- when once they open up then once they get enough int- well here's the other X factor which we'll, which we'll talk into, We'll talk we'll talk about. Currently you can't make any more reservations hotel reservations or ticket reservations for 2020. So until they until they open that back up again, then you're probably not going to have Jumbo House open generally because the, so the word on the street was once they get enough basic reservations for Jumbo House to justify opening it then they would but until you but until you can get more tickets and you can get more hotels for stays on property for 2020. That's probably not going to happen. So those are hmm. so, and we'll, we're going to talk about that too, relate, r- related to the tickets. But since since Jim started us down the road of things that are being taken away, at least yes. when they open up. Now he did mention club level, which again, club level is pretty big. If you, if you're used to it, if you're at a deluxe resort or even now at uh, Grand Destino Tower, which is a moderate resort but has the only one that has a club c- club slash concierge level. That stinks. Right now you have nothing. So it's not even that you can't go to the club. It, it basically means all of the goodies that you get. So being able to get your breakfast here, get snacks, be able to stock your fridge with stuff, water and things like that, and milk and soda, all that stuff right now in the first phase, that's gone. So that's that's kind of that's, that could be big for, for, for a lot of people. Uh, fast passes. Fast passes are gone. Some people think that's cool. I personally don't. Not just because I'm a planner, but just because it's nice knowing that you have some things locked in, that you're going to get to do those things, barring them breaking down. You know that you have, even if you can only do them once, at least you have something. Uh, maybe it won't be based on the crowds. Maybe it won't be a big deal, but we don't we don't know that yet. But currently, you know, currently fast passes, no, that they're gone. Extra magic hours, extra magic hours. That's pretty big too, especially if you're a hotel guest. Fast passes too, because fast pass you 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 got first crack like sixty days out from your arrival time to make your fast passes. Doesn't mean you were going to get what you wanted, but it gave you the heads up. So you can't do that.
0: Well, okay. you know the other thing about the um, the lack of fast passes because like what they are planning on doing now is that the fast pass line. Is going to be used for additional standby, you know, seats, so that they could better, you know, do social distancing and you know, um, have more people stand online while still being like six feet apart. Right. But, you know, like even with the reduced capacity of the parks, like even if they're at still half half capacity,
2: which they you know, would, like, to uh, be fair, they probably won't be early, but they could be
0: eventually. I mean, I, yeah, well, well, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I think half capacity during all this is kind of a um, – yeah, that's got to be a goal for them at least. And if you're at half capacity, like it's just the worst part about this is that the rides themselves, they're not going to be loading people onto those rides the way that they were also. Correct. You know, so you know, like maybe for like the haunted mansion. Well, I mean, you know, where they pack everybody into the room. You know, like unless they circumvented. are, yeah, circumvent then bypass that part of, which is a pretty big part.
2: Yeah, I I don't think they'll circumvent it. I think probably where you're going they'll limit the number of people that go into the room, at one time.
0: Which is, and that's then that's hilarious because that's the one ride where. When you get on that thing, you're basically six feet away from everybody anyway. So you really wouldn't have to, like, you know, prevent people from getting into a, you know... Okay, skip this buggy, go into this buggy, you know, like, that kind of thing.
2: Right, but you're, but true, when you're getting in the buggies, you're six feet apart, but when you're walking to the buggies, you're always jam-packed.
0: So... Yes. So, but. but, yeah, so, I mean, like, but you, you can... You could keep that moving fast enough, but if you're going to be limiting the amount of people that are going into the room, then you're, you know, you're not going to have, you know, the people to get on those buggies as fast. That's true. So you might as well be skipping a, you know, a buggy. Yeah.
2: Well, I um, might theoretically give them time to do a quick spritz down if they wanted to, because you think if you're if you're only going to have half the people in the room as you normally have, that means once you open the room up, even allowing more distance for those people to walk bef- to getting in the buggies, you're going to have only half the amount of buggies full as you normally would. So maybe they will <sighs> maybe they will skip to play it extra safe. Maybe they, like you said, they will skip every every other buggy. But that does But it's also going to stretch the lines out to begin with outside, much make it much longer yeah. because you're only allowing normally the haunted mansion is a really quick is a quick loading ride because you jam pack people into the elevator room and then you jam pack then everybody empties out to, to get out you know into the buggies and especially because even though they, they still have two elevator rooms so that's still so but you're still only going to be doing yeah basically,
0: but still yeah you're
2: going to be doing the max capacity of one room with two of them probably best yeah. case scenario so yeah
0: um yeah i mean like you know the uh the, the jungle cruise you know like that's something that you could do with reduced capacity but that particular ride like reduced capacity for that is got to be like less than half right
2: depends Dep- see a lot of this is going to depend you, on they
0: pack you on those.
2: yes but a lot of this will depend on on the on the groups of people what size are your groups cuz if you had yeah. if you had a group of 5 people you can stick all those people on the same side of the boat and then if you had like two groups of two, you could space them out on the other side of the boat. You could do that, and you maybe may. I might Or sp- yeah, you could you could probably you could probably do it. You might end up leaving the center where you can still sit a few people. You may leave that blank all the time. You may leave that mm. empty. But I think. But the. the You're going to definitely be keeping groups together. So like if you look at the gondola system as an example, the gondola system shouldn't be dramatically affected because basically all that means is if you're a party of four, you're going to get your own gondola. If you're by yourself and with nobody else, they're just going to stick you in your own gondola and not force you to go into a gondola with people you don't know. That seemingly is the way it's going to work. And because that system is just rolling all the time, that's not going to really have a dramatic impact. It will slow it down slightly, but it's not going to have a dramatic impact.
0: But, yeah, yeah, that. Uh, and and what is going to slow that down is that you're going to have a lot less people on buses. Yes, that's uh, the the
2: buses. The buses are a big concern because we know t- to begin with the buses are not overly reliable in meeting a schedule. And hmm. now you're talking about. And actually, I saw some pictures today, but they were I didn't save it. It wasn't really good. How some of the buses? How they already have some of the buses like partitioned? How they're going to do it? And I guess okay. I mean, I guess the bus driver is going to, like, tell you where to sit and things like that. So – but the, but some of the way they could potentially work around that is they could also change some of the bus routes for some hotels. Like Coronado Springs, as an example, as I found out last year, Coronado Springs has a, has a minimum of four bus stops. Grand Destino is now number one, which on the bright side is your first one that loads. But coming back, it sucks you're the last one off. Unless of course you go to Disney Springs, Well, everybody's bus route is reversed for some reason. Which, uh, but the reality is, what they may very well do is they may divvy it up, and maybe they'll have like if if, if you have four bus stops for a resort, maybe they're going to only have two go for one, you know, two be on one now, two on the other, and and or be able to and based on the needs be able to be flexible. Like if you have, like if like uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, so the normal route is they always. Kidani gets picked up first, and Jumbo House gets picked up or dropped off se- second all the time. So maybe depending on the need, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, they can alter they can either alter the route or so just have one bus go to Jumbo House or one bus go to Kidani and things like that. So there might be a way to do that. But yes, the times for the buses are go- that's a major concern because it's not like you magically can create you know like twice as many buses as you normally have.
0: Uh, well, then there is there is one thing though if they are staggering the hotels opening. And, you know, like if you don't have, you know, if you only have a couple of hotels opening in July, then you can dedicate your entire bus fleet to just those hotels. Yes. So that you're, you know, yeah, you can can definitely do that. Uh, I don't know if I mean the basketball players if they're taking buses, no
2: doubt. <laughs> they'll they ta- they're taking buses. I don't think they'll be taking Disney buses. I think they'll just be taking a, you know like a reg- like like the own bus. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, you you would think. So that's, you know, that's going to take a bunch of hotels right off the playing field right there. True. Um that was, a good po-
2: yeah, that was a very good a very good point. Plus with the parks open, but the park hours being reduced, that also means they're going to need less buses. At different times that they need to run to the parks, right? So some of those buses, so some of those buses can be dedicated or or can be altered to be dedicated, like uh, so like Epcot opening two hours later, uh, everything basically, oh, everything,
0: yeah. Ep- that, that's why they staggered that.
2: Part yes, part, part of it is to stagger and to cut down on everybody being yeah, and that probably is one of the reasons why. Uh, animal kingdom, in all honesty is the as the parkers' hours have been affected the least. yes, they've tried to make it more of a nighttime park over the last few years, really hasn't caught on, but now that you can do like the river of light and and all these other yeah. things anyway, it makes sense. they would go back to their standard operating hours, which more or less were or were like eight to six or eight to seven depending on when it gets dark, you know so eight to six in makes sense. A little surprised that, that if you were going if you were going to pick one park to be open late, I would have imagined it would be Magic Kingdom, but then you thought about it it makes sense that it's Epcot because of dinner
0: uh, definitely Because of
2: dinner because yeah. of, because of the restaurants, even though not all the restaurants are opening up right away either but but a lot but still, you have tons of choices even if you're only at seventy percent of restaurants being open, you still have a lot of places to eat but that's the main that's probably yes the main reason why to keep them open later because you need to for people who and it also will encourage people to go to Epcot in the evening, and not necessarily, you know, after seven o'clock, like when you know Magic Kingdom closes. That it'll occur. Maybe that's part of it too, to encourage people to go into Magic, to go into Epcot late afternoon, stay for dinner, and whatever. And that way, it still siphons off some traffic from, and make 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 people change their mind about which park necessarily they have to pick and clearly as we'll talk about you since you have to pick one park because we're getting to that soon the reality is that means if you have dinner reservations at epcot you have that has to be the park you're going to because there's no way you're getting in (laughs) otherwise So, um but 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 the extra magic hours that's a key perk if you're a hotel guest so that, that losing that stinks so for those who don't know what that is Every every park pretty much of the Mag- at, in, at Disney World either opens late for hotel guests only or opens early, and some do both, like Magic Kingdom does both. They have like an hour earlier when they open up on one day, and right now, the last few years, Wednesday night was the night that they stay open just for hotel guests for an extra two hours. Whatever time they happen to close... And that varies based on attendance. This year it probably won't, clearly. But under normal circumstances, based on the number of reservations they have, it may have originally be scheduled for 9, but they may decide to keep the park open at 10. That just means your extra match, your extra two hours start at 10. That's gone right now. So that's so another. That's so club level, which is a huge perk though you, that you pay for at least. Fast pass, which you, you can make a case you pay for, but it's part of your hotel reservation and your tickets. And extra magic hours, all that right now, gone, and there's no and there's no real – extra magic hours, I guess, in theory, could return if all the parties are completely shot. They probably could potentially do that, or they could do it a ticket. They could come up with another ticketed event. They could do what a lot of people don't want them to do, which is have like a paid extra magic hour thing just so, again, you're limiting the number of people that go in, into the park because the fact that it's – you can determine the number of tickets.
0: Gonna- I feel like they would face – like considerable backlash if they did something like that. I, so. think
2: I agree with you. I don't think they'll do that. I think if they were going to bring back extra Magic Hours this year, the most likely way they would do it, like for Magic Kingdom, if they're not doing any Christmas parties, would probably be they stagger, they give different hotels different extra Magic Hour nights just so you're not, ha- so that the entire friggin' resort isn't dedicated to going into the Magic Kingdom for those two hours. Like, half the resort yeah. has Wednesday night, half that resort has Friday night, or something like
0: that. Yeah, but, I, like, I don't know, I feel like that's that's kind of something not that easy to track.
2: I think, you know? well, you're, you're right, like, you're right. It's, not as easy, it's not as easy, but I'm sure from a Magic Band perspective, I think they could probably pull it off. They probably could pull it off. But I'm not saying I think probably, they'll do it, I'm just...
0: Yeah, they probably could, but I mean, I like the the verification process of making sure that you know all these people have the right you know band or whatever. I I don't know. I just think that that would be a logistical nightmare.
2: I, I, I was playing devil devil's advocate mostly. I don't think we're going to see extra magic hours, which is which sucks because a, a lot of these things are important to me. I normally have club level. I like fast passes. I like extra magic hours. That's one of the reasons I usually go Monday through Friday to make sure I get Wednesday as my extra magic hour night in the Magic Kingdom because I like going to the Magic Kingdom at night better than I do the day. Um, so that's gone. So let's talk about park hopping. Uh
0: gone
2: <laughs> park hopping is gone for now but based. but if you but the, like the quote i showed you which i knew that I saw which was a yeah. quote that they said that we hope to bring back the ability to visit more than one park per day soon and'll we'll continue to offer these add-ons for 2021 ticket purchases so to me what that means is they I because i think they'd be really Then again, this week doesn't demonstrate great decision-making on Disney's part when when we get to the park reservation uh, system. But I don't think they would say soon if they meant they weren't going to be making these available to 2021 because soon is so subjective, yes. But they know how people are going to read into that. I don't think they would have said soon if they really didn't think that there was a good chance they were going to be bringing this back this year. And I think they can bring it back because I think they can use the park reservation system to do it because they may not let you do all four parks, but they may let you pick a secondary park depending on – especially if attendance – because the other, hidden, the other aspect of this is we're not going to know what the attendance is. We're not going to know what their capacities are. They're not planning on telling us, I think, either the percentage they're running at or just the number of, to- of people at any given time that are allowed in, on, on, into the parks. So that means they can mm-hmm. take – if they have extra tickets they haven't sold and they're worried about too many people being in, they can take those extra tickets away and not sell them. If they think they have – things are doing fine and they can increase capacity, they can have more tickets available and, and reservations available. You know, the general public won't necessarily know that as a whole, so they could very easily factor that in and just allow you at some point to pick a secondary park, or to or to make or if you have if you didn't have park hopper tickets to start with, or you did and you got rid of them because you didn't, they could give you the option to upgrade again, and then once you they're on your reservation. Your hotel reservation, those tickets, upgrade is listed, then you can go back into the calendar and add a secondary park that you're allowed to go to, but not where you can go from to all four parks, maybe. But I think, par- I think park hopping amongst all of these is probably one that's very possible in some capacity will come back this year. The mere fact of making it clear they're still going to be selling park hopper tickets for next year indicates that they at least think they can get a handle on this enough where they're going to allow it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so let's... Uh, the the Christmas the Halloween parties are gone. Halloween parties the not so scary Hall- Mickey's not so scary Halloween party for 2020 is gone. Every, the, all everybody believes the Christmas parties will go to for the same reasons. The, even though that you know, the, the handing out of the candy was more of a dirt. You know that's obviously something that's a no no. You know in, in the COVID world right now. So that makes yeah. so that's a little more reason. But because of other things that we're about to get into, there's no fireworks. There's no parades. <laughs> that the reality is, those are all key components. Like, to me, I I do the Christmas party just so I have the extra park access because you have five hours of park access in the evening where it's a limited amount of people because you got to buy another ticket. Right. And I actually, yeah, I don't really. I mean, I like watching the fireworks and I like watching when they change the lights in the castle. But I I am a veteran, savvy park goer, so I know that's the best damn time to be somewhere else because you can do ride after ride because all the wait times <laughs> drop to nothing, and that's what I do. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear can drop down to five minutes and then like 10 – within 10 minutes of that of everybody breaking up at the castle, it's back up to 25 minutes, the standby line, just because mm-hmm. people gather and do these things. So I would – so to me, I'm going to miss those things just because it was a nice segue to go wherever you needed to go and be able to do it fast and maybe do it multiple times while there was no line. But but those are all key components to, to the parties. So most people think the Christmas party – is going bye-bye almost all for now for now for this year mm-hmm. almost all the character meet and greets are gone uh, i think the one over at god i'm drawing a blank the new one the new hotel they just opened uh, oh, oh
0: grand destino oh.
2: no 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 the the vacation club resort they opened in december which uh the, the grand riviera the riviera the, oh, the yeah, Riviera, yeah, yeah. which didn't, which did not sell all, all that well, at least from a vacation club perspective. Uh, that I think there's one, there's one character meet and greet that is there uh, now, and I think they're going to do so I think they're going to do surprise like on vehicles and like Magic Kingdom have characters you know tr- be brought out to wave and <laughs> things like that but it's not – but you're not going to you know you're not going to go get your picture taken like you like you would traditionally so that that stinks there's supposed to be no tours and no no, no events. so you're not going to some of the behind the scene tours probably you're not going to do i i assume including all the the animal tours you get to do with the animal kingdom like doing the elephant you know the caring for el- caring for giants or the up close with rhinos like I've done and probably even the stuff at you know in the aquarium at epcot the dolphins and the snorkeling and and if you were certified, the scuba diving. I'm probably probably all those things. Probably all those things are going to be gone. Some of those you could make a case; they could bring back, especially if it's really low numbers of people. You could probably you probably could do it. But for now, I think all that all that stuff, all that stuff is on hold. So if that hasn't so so if that hasn't turned you off yet.
0: <laughs> so, if, but wait, there's yeah, more. Right, so
2: if that hasn't turned you off yet, and because a lot of a lot of this is b- is based on the concept I pro- was a I joked about this like ways to get Mark Marble not to go to Disney World <laughs> and almost all of these things are like really really they really suck I mean they really are shots across the bow here now the one thing that was interesting is because we actually have an opening date for Coronado Springs. One of the things I anticipated was – because I have reservations for Coronado's – for Grand Destino in December, that even if I wanted to go, they were going to end up moving me if they didn't open that hotel in time. But so at least that looks like – that won't be a problem because it looks like the hotel is going to be open,
0: <laughs> barring things that, changing. That won't be the thing. That won't be the thing.
2: No, that won't no. – that, that does not look like that would be uh, the thing. But all these things in, in the guise of social distancing and limiting park capacity – even if you – again, the idea of whether this would turn you off – if you've gone to Disney before, whether this would turn you off from going because a lot of – I've heard a lot of people say the opposite, which is, oh, if somebody asks, oh, do you think we should go this year? And moving beyond the COVID stuff because that's a completely personal decision for people. If you know at high risk, obviously, you shouldn't go. If you're not really afraid right. and it doesn't bother you, the question comes down to the bang for the buck you're getting because you are losing a lot of stuff and losing yeah. the options for a lot of things that normally are there. So the question is is it worth going or not if you're if you're used to it and i heard, I've heard some people say oh if you if you're used to it, you should go, but if you've been saving for a long time or you you know if you've never gone before you, this is probably not the way to go no definitely not and i don't and it's, but it's interesting to me is I think you're, I think you're, the way you view this greatly depends on whether you're more of a it is better to have loved and lost to have never loved before person or you don't know what you got till it's gone, person, <laughs> which I am more of. So to me – OK. So to me, if I hadn't gone before, you know anecdotally you're getting shafted on these things. But you've never experienced it, so you really don't know what you're missing other than hearing about it.
0: If Yeah, but I mean – but but even still, like, even if you've never been to Disney – um, and the
2: masks. We didn't mention, yes, you do have to wear you, masks are mandatory other, when, other than when you're eating.
0: <laughs> yeah, even if you've never um, been to Disney before, I mean, like, you know about the character meet and greets and you know about, you know, like, how good the restaurants are supposed to be and all that stuff. Like, if, you know, if you have to take takeout from your restaurant and there's no character meet and greets and they're, like, riding by on a, a scooter or something like that and waving real fast, like, I mean, you know – that you're not getting, you know, oh, yes. the full.
2: It was it was more it was more that I, I disagree with the concept that oh if you've used to it the, if you've done it plenty of times the way it is oh I just go because it's a new experience it's like it depends what you're used to it really comes down to what you're used to and what's important to you it's still an individual choice if going if for me staying in the Magic Kingdom at night is important knowing that realistically unless they give you extra magic hours somehow that the park's closing at seven. All, could potentially be closing at seven all year long, which means even in December, yeah, it will be dark by seven o'clock in December in Florida. But you're really not going to get much time in there. And, and the fact, as we're about to get to, you, we already said you can't park hop. So, it's, so, but yeah, my, it was more the. I, I my honest take is I wouldn't recommend and I wouldn't recommend anybody go right now just <laughs> just based on the way things are. But I certainly don't. I did. I just didn't buy into. Oh, you might if you. Yeah, go if you've already experienced everything. I think you're more likely to be disappointed if you know what you're not getting.
0: Firsthand. Well, I mean, it, I guess it depends on how often you go. Right. Like if you're the kind of person that goes like three times a year, then yeah, definitely go because this is going to be like a completely different experience than what you're used to to the point that. You know, like, yeah, it's not going to be as good as normal, but I mean, like, if you were planning on going, you know, another two times this year anyway, then, you know, like, take a chance and see, you know, like, it may be, not not that it'll be more, more fun, but you might be able to go on more rides since there's no fast passes and there's no, you know, like, there's a reduced capacity and all this other stuff. And then also for the fact that if you're going three times a year, like, to be able to say like, oh yeah, I went during you know the the COVID you know whatever blah blah blah. Um, I, I think I think there's definitely an argument to be made if you go often enough. If you go once every year or two, I think that's where it's borderline because you're used to a certain like a, a, a certain standard that they will definitely not be you know serving. And uh, like you know, like and then if you if you go like once every five or ten years, then it's definitely not the right time to go because like you're you're formulating your entire opinion on Disney World based on this trip for the next five to ten years. That's, I can and, see that. But. You know, you're gonna be yeah, you you it's gonna be like oh yeah okay well I went there the yeah there they weren't it wasn't as big a crowd. But the rides weren't going as fast to begin with, and I didn't have any fast passes, so I wasn't you know like I was just guaranteed that I was spending an hour online for every single ride that I wanted to go on, you know like that kind of thing, like and then the restaurants, you know like oh, I couldn't get a reservation to you know these four restaurants that i really wanted but i was able to get to this restaurant if i was able to do takeout so we got takeout and took it back to the hotel room to eat our dinner that just sounds sad to me for somebody that's you know that goes very rarely
2: and regarding the even though the table service will be available but yes the capacity is going to be much lower at least to start with the other problem is it depends where you stay not losing like for me, standing being at the Grand Destino without if the if the concierge is not back by then, that stinks because you don't. There is not a quick service restaurant in that hotel, and there's not a quick service restaurant like immediately outside the hotel either. So you're kind of you're kind of shafted then. It's not like if I if I had if I was going back to Animal Kingdom Lodge, then at least I know I could go I could go out to uh, the Mara, which is by the pool. And that's where the quick service restaurant is. So even if the club level was cl- was closed and and I, you know and that I got compensated for that being taken off my you know my, my reservation or whatever, I knew I could go down and get food even until like one o'clock in the morning back then. Now it would probably be it might be less, maybe it would be less. Yeah. But the point is, you knew you could do that at Grand Destino. Right. That's going to be a pro- that is that's going to be a problem. Uh, well,
0: the the I mean the positive thing is that. The the club level services are not available in the first phase. Right,
2: I'm sure they will come back. That's another thing that I think is likely to come back this year because I think that's going to be because because you're always. I mean, you always the club levels are always limited to begin with, based on the, as, in, as in the number of people that can be there at one time, just because of spacing. And they could they could come, they could work out a way, you know, to and depending on yeah there's ways to do it to help to help to help space people out and to limit the number of people in the club at one time it's not ideal but at least it's better than not having access to it you know yeah so uh regarding dining we might as well mention that the dining reservations when they become available again to make uh and for now for they are available now for i think for the early stages but you have to do it by phone call uh you can't do it online yet. But just generally, the window for making dining reservations online has sh- changed from 180 days out, which normally – so that normally that would be the first part of your actual planning of your trip once you made your reservation. The dining window would be 180 days out. Case in point, ironically, June 17th would have been my dining reservation window if the apocalypse hadn't hit. I would have already had. I would already have my dining reservations made, and that would be my first step to figuring out what my agenda would be. And then, sixty days out, your fast pass window opens. Right now, no fast pass window, but the dining reservations you'll be able to do sixty days out. And all that's,
0: I think that's better.
2: I think it is better. I mean, it would be better. Like, but if they, if they do bring back fast passes, I don't think they should do them on the same day. I think they better
0: no, they better no, space yeah, them yeah. out a
2: little bit because their system, as we're about to get to, it, it can barely ha- it's pro- <laughs> can, can 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 barely handle normal traffic. Um, so this all so if you haven't been turned off yet, here, here here's here's the creme de la creme, which might make up your <laughs> mind for you. This year, to you know to manage park attendance to keep you know to keep the. Uh, pers- the number of people going into the parks at any one time down to a manageable number. That Disney decided to do the park create probably on the back of the Fast Pass concept. You know, from a coding perspective, a park reservation system. Which the park reservation system is now your final gateway to get into the park. Doesn't matter whether you have a hotel reservation and you normally wait until the last minute to get your park tickets. No, don't do that anymore. <laughs> but if you did. You are not you wouldn't be guaranteed getting tickets and getting even being able to get tickets, let alone get into the park if you get them. If you have tickets right now, but you don't have a park reservation, but correction, you don't have a hotel reservation, you're still not guaranteed, as we speak, to be able to get into a park. What you need is just – at one, some point, you're going to need valid park tickets, and you need to go into the park reservation system and secure – a park reservation for whatever number of days you have your tickets for but so you get to pick based on the available parks one park per day to go into the good news is as of the way Disney World at least is doing it you're not limited to a certain time of the day where you can go in they show you times but it's the, but it's the operating hours so if you're taking Epcot it shows you 11 to 9 because that's the only that's when you're supposed to arrive or can arrive because that's the time the park is open so it's not like some people thought with some other screen caps and maybe they'll use that for Disneyland or other places that you were going to have. They were going to stagger the entry time. So some people could get at 9. For, for Magic Kingdom, some people couldn't get in until 11, which wouldn't bother me because I wouldn't be getting in at 9 anyway. I wouldn't want to get in at 9. But they the people thought that might have been how the system was going to work. But no, there's you, you whichever park you pick, you get the reservation for If you want to be there when the park opens, you can be there. So Disney decided to stagger people based on what things that, what reservations they already had and giving them different opportunities to get in. So the first wave of people which as when this episode comes out it'll be over a week, but it says only a day old for me. <laughs> and Jim that on June 22nd, which was Monday, that yeah. anybody who had an existing Disney hotel reservation and had or had purchased their tickets and if you had had already linked them to your My Disney Experience account. Anybody who had tickets through September 26, 2021, so you're basically talking like July 11th this year through September 26, 2021, all those people were allowed to go into the FastPass Park Reservation System at 7 a.m. on June 22nd. So I'm sure people can imagine how well that worked. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like Comic Con all over yeah, again. Yeah,
2: it's like Comic Con all over again, except the one, the one, except a. And I'm sure this will happen too. Comic Con did get better, and we, the system did get better. Where and you kind
0: of not much.
2: One of two years we did it. It got a little better.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like last year, I think it was. It, was it a ended Saturday, up being wasn't it? Last worse. year, the
2: day I forgot, I slept and I forgot to do it.
0: Oh man, it was. It, it was one of the worst years i for whatever reason oh oh i remember it's the past 2 years and it was because they reduced the capacity and took out the um i think they took out 4 day passes oh you're
2: right they did take out 4 day passes but i also yeah. but i also think doing it on a saturday when more people were going to be available as opposed to people having to cheat and do it through work which probably, which it's more fair but you're but you're asking for, for for more people. But I just mean some things got better. Like at least when we were on the queue page that said don't refresh, we've been we we've, we had done it enough where we knew okay, I won't refresh.
1: <laughs> when, when
2: you're in a new system that's never been done before, and but so basically, what happened with this? I was sitting at my computer before like like around six fifty two, six fifty three, when it was supposed to go live at seven. First sign of trouble was that I could not. That I could that I could not even log into my Disney experience. <laughs> it would give you the pink Cinderella castle of oh you're into your queue don't don't refresh thing. But the fact that you couldn't even sign in was bad. So I think that caused everybody to kind of freak out. So you had a lot of people who had you know, had it open in multiple windows different browsers, different devices, and depending on where you were, you got different error messages. Like when I, I tried it on my on my Kindle, and again, you had to do it through the website. You had to do it through a browser. You couldn't do it through the app. Supposedly, if you did it through the app, not what I tried. It just didn't work. So like when I went through the Kindle, it got me to the login screen, but it kept giving me an error message that basically saying my credentials were wrong, either the password or the email was wrong, which clearly it wasn't. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you got a stitch error message or something ate this page. Sometimes you got one of those gateway like 504 or 503 or whatever error messages. There were a bunch of different messages people got. And basically, <laughs> and basically nothing worked at all, I think, in this system until after 8.30. I went back to bed to try to get some sleep by 7.35. I, called, I said, enough with this. So I didn't try again until after 9.00. And by then… Anecdotally, because I am on this one of the, the Disney Vacation Club Facebook pages, I noticed that um, there was they were posting like an update on things, and it was only like somewhere be- after eight thirty that some people actually had started getting through. But I so I tried to I tried again I tried again right before my shower. It gave me a, now it took it to like a Space Mountain like hey you're in orbit countdown screen and it, <laughs> and it was only like twenty eight seconds so it started counting down. Which then took you to like a 14-second orbit counting screen, which of course then took you back to the Cinderella Castle. (laughs) Hey, don't refresh. So I was like, I'll give me a break. I took my shower, tried it one more time before I went to work, put me in the orbit screen. It's like, I don't have time for this. Got to work. Somewhere – I did it. Got back in somewhere like around 1130. I got in, saw the calendar. Everything was still available. Did uh, Epcot the first night, saved it, went to go the first day. Second day went in to try to do Disney Hollywood Studios. Went to save it, gave me an error message. So I backed, this, backed up a screen, tried to do it again. No. Uh, then again, you know. So then I, I didn't want to have to go back out and go all the way back in. So I backed out all the way to the calendar screen again, and then I said, "Let me do Wednesday this time." I did Wednesday. Did Magic Kingdom saved. Thursday, Magic Kingdom saved. Went back to Tuesday and it said something oh you can only have one park reservation at a time or else remove this person so he gave me the impression and it saved it even though I got the message I checked in my Disney Experience app under my plans sure enough it listed all four park passes um, so but some people especially if you were if, especially if you were annual pass holders and you had and you had a hotel reservation it was it was it was really a cluster uh, and some people today still are having problems cause, because if you were an annual pass holder with a resort, you know if you had if you had a resort reservation, you could could have been involved on the 22nd. Without that, on the 26th, if you were an, just an annual pass holder without a hotel reservation, then you can get a park pass. And on June 28th, anybody that just has random tickets that doesn't have can you can get a park reservation. And they basically are – they're, they're rationing these out. There's a certain percentage that are allowed for hotel people, for annual pass holders, and just they're being left for people with just general tickets. So the odds are pretty much – I mean other than maybe the first few days, which is the only thing that they, I think they were reported to begin with, that some, some parks were sold out like like, like in the first couple – like the first five days they were opened in July. But again, they're sold out probably for people with hotel reservations and things like that. There probably still are a certain amount allowed for people that just have park tickets for that time.
0: Well, the if you have a um, an annual pass, you can only reserve three days. Right,
2: and that was another part because some people had – that was part of the, the problem they were having with the glitch with the system too.
0: Um, from what I, I'm seeing also as far as the parks getting booked up, uh, Universal, Universal Hollywood Studios was uh, the first one to get booked up completely. Right. Um, I think they were they're booked for like the first few days completely. Uh and then Animal Kingdom was the the second one to uh to like basically sell out uh for the first day.
2: True, but again we don't know if they're we don't know if that's a true sell out across the board or just the first it was sold out based on the number of reservations they have allotted for that group of people. I think realistically speaking that's probably what it is. I don't think they would tier it. I think they they almost have to allow a certain percentage of people for annual passes, a certain amount of people who already have tickets, for the who, who they know have tickets for that but don't have hotel reservations. Um,
0: I don't know that they need to, though.
2: Well, then they should have allowed everybody – to be fair, that they, that they allowed way too many people into the system anyway. We know that they did not need to allow everybody in. We, they didn't need to allow anybody for 2021 in on June 22nd because they right. did not need to know five-plus months out whether you're going to get park reservations. You don't. I didn't even need to know, and I have December reservations. I didn't need to know by you know June 22nd whether I, I was going to get my park reservations. They should have just done it from like July 11th through maybe the end of August and let those people not, – not only to guinea pig the system, but you'd have a much smaller amount of people needing to get them. The traffic would have been much smaller. But if you're going to open it up to everybody, then they should have just opened it up to everybody that has tickets, that had pre-existing tickets. But that's going to shaft people – again, like that's going to shaft some people that have hotel reservations but having, haven't had a chance to buy their tickets yet. I mean they technically did have a chance. They chose not to, but still. No matter what, you were going to make some people unhappy. So that's why I think at least for now, they're going to be doing – they're going to be do. – they're going to be allowing – allotting a certain number of tickets – of passes, a certain number of passes for each day, for hotel people, for annual pass holders, and just for general admission people. And maybe a very small percent for general admission people, because let's be honest, they're getting less bang for your buck out of those people. So from a business model perspective, the hotel people should get be higher. And the and the vacation club too. You have to you have to tie into vacation club people too, um, because sometimes they don't get their tickets because they don't know how many people are going to be joining them in advance. They just know they just they just book the room or the suite or whatever and they just and they figure out who's going to go later on and then they get their tickets once they know. So they have to, so you have to factor that in.
0: Well, I mean I'm sure that there is going to be some kind of like, you know, overflow percentage that they didn't make available, but I, I don't know. I mean, I you know that I mean like the, these were, you know, I don't know. It's
2: it's a very iffy system. It's also interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting, like I think on, on the twenty eighth of June is when you can you're going to be able to buy get make more reservations, but not for this year. Like we kind of allu- we mentioned earlier, on June twenty eighth you can make new reservations for next year. In tw- up to I think the same September, but the, se- the September twenty eighth, sixth September twenty mm-hmm. sixth, the same date. Uh, in 2021 you can do that but including getting tickets you can get tickets you can get hotel reservations but for the rest of this year that's still they're still not ready to sell more tickets or make any more hotel reservations so so it, but either way the reality is the system didn't, the system did not work well way too many people were trying to get in but I also think the system was not up and running the way it should have because we were getting no evidence, anecdotally on that site, that some people were s- sneaking through. Like at seven fifteen, everybody was stuck in a loop. Everybody was getting error messages. It just wasn't going anywhere. So why they? Why forget about tempting fate? Why you were just bringing? You you knew what the result was going to be. There was no doubt that you were going to have all these people wanting to get in because you're telling them this is when you get this is your first chance to get these. And by not narrowing, well, and by not narrowing down the, the waves. By saying, oh, yeah, this is only for people who have reservations in July uh, and t- <laughs> t- tickets for July. That's just – it's like I it was asking. It was asking for trouble because, again, people are going to – panic is the wrong word, but people aren't going to want to wait because they're afraid because they keep – depending on what you read. Oh, it's limited. It's not limited. It's extremely limited. You don't know. So if, if the opportunity is – was there for you to get on to get your park passes your reservation six months out but you're told you can do it now yeah people were going to do it so it was i think go ahead i'm sorry
0: i mean i think that they knew that it was going to be you know a problem for people i like there's there's no way that any computer system would be able to keep up with that like you know there's just nobody makes a computer system that can keep up with that kind of You know bombardment but that being said i'm sure that they did that for a reason because if you stagger it then you know you don't get all your data until the end whereas if you tell everybody okay this is the day then you have everybody racing to do it that day and while you know most of them won't get through until you know later that evening or whatever or maybe they'll wait until the next day or something like that to see what they can get you know the fact of the matter is you're going to push a lot of those people that have reservations that have tickets that have passes that want to go they're going to make those decisions real quick and you know like that's going to give disney a a huge amount of data from which to start planning a whole bunch of other stuff so, like, they're probably, like, the, you know, Disney was probably on pins and needles, like, waiting. It's like, okay, where are these people want to go? How are we going to, like, you know, direct traffic? What restaurants are we going to need? You know, uh, like, if, if all these people, you know, are wanting to go to Epcot, if more people are wanting to go to Epcot, then that's going to give us a trend. You know, if more people want to, you know, keep going to Hollywood Studios, then we're going to have to, like, make adjustments and things like that. Like, they probably need as much lead time as possible, to, you know, to start, you know, correcting for not, you know, not only like what happens in the first month of opening, but for like when you when you start going, it's like okay, well, you know, this is what we have, this is the data that we have now, and this is how we can, you know, make the experience better for those people, that kind of thing.
2: I do, I see that. I I do see that. Um, I think also again, depending on. Depending on what you believe, that again, a lot of people have speculated that deep down, uh, given the opportunity, given the choice, without without annoying everybody all at one time, much like they did with all the fast passes that had existed, much like they did with all the Disney the dining reservations that had existed, that deep down there's there's at least a part of Disney that would just love to basically wipe the slate clean and anybody who had hotel reservations and tickets bought for the rest of 2020. <laughs> Just start from scratch and wipe them all out because they know they're way overbooked, that they know there's no way that based on the number of pe- reservations that they and the, tic- the tickets they've sold already, that they're going to make all these – that they can meet this demand. Because a lot, because anecdotally, again, a lot of people who got bumped out of the, the April and May window because of COVID, they didn't reschedule for the summer despite they were getting that free dining plan or whatever. Most, a lot of people reschedule for the fall. Which makes sense because going in, going to Orlando in the summer sucks. Uh, but the reality is, November and December is a really nice time to go. <laughs> so they are probably really, really overbooked as is. So a lot of the con- a lot of the conventional wisdom was, while they're not doing this 100% intentionally to to completely super piss everybody off, they're not exactly going to be heartbroken if a lot of people end up canceling. The reservations, because ultimately they're going to have tough choices to make, which is part of what the park reservation system will also lead them to, because of the fact that there are inevitably there will, be, if if the park if they really are cutting park attendance that dramatically, that eventually you're going to have people that are not going to be able to get into the parks because there's going to be no park reservations left. So, on this level, I agree with you. It makes absolutely perfect sense that you want to get everybody, you want to get as many people for 2020 to confirm their park and get their park passes now, because that also makes it crystal clear how much room, if any, they still have left for hotel people to down the road, because they're going to have to make their decision about, you know, they need to know how many more rooms they can sell if they can, you know. They need to know how much more, if we have any more capacity at any time during the fall or from September through December, we need to know this. And having these park reservations already made, that gives us an idea. Because maybe they've allotted 60% of park capacity, whatever it happens to be, 60% for hotel people. Well, if they've already sold 55, if 55% of that 60 is already locked in based on existing reservations, that lets them know that they have 5%. And then they get to figure out, you know, where, and then you figure out where in the different hotels maybe you're going to, you can, you, can, you, can you, you, you want to take the reservations. But at least you know you have a number, a percentage that
0: you can play with. Uh, right. But I mean, you know, by the same token, like, you know, like, even if they have, like, they're not going to have, like, 60% of all the parks. You know, capacity in the hotels.
2: That's, not, know, what the, I, that's the, not what I heard, though. I I, I heard. I mean, not, 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 it wasn't a scientific number, but but it, but it was it was a uh, it was a guesstimation. But you know, let's put this way: you know, you know, the overwhelming majority of people are going to be between hotel people, vacation club people, and then annual pass holders. Uh, and annual pass holders technically don't have to stay at the hotel. So you really think they're going to have a huge allotment for DVC people and for hotel guests? Um,
0: so well, I mean, but that's the thing. Like right now, I mean, like for now at least, you know they they haven't opened all the hotels, so you know, like that that contributes to the fact that there's not nearly as many people. That can you know that are in the hotels that are going to be going to the parks, of those people, like yeah okay you already booked the hotel we want to give you we want to make sure that you can go to a park, but you know <coughs> combined with the fact that the people that have annual passes can only book three days, and you know so and once that's done then you you know then you can book the, you know the next three days, but like if you're focusing you know if, if the hotel people take up those days then you know the annual pass people okay well you're out of luck you can't go to these parks or maybe the only park that has you know any availability left is you know Epcot or whatever you know like whatever they want to do but I mean like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of games that they could play with these numbers and recirculating and whatnot that you know yeah you have to give First priority to the people in the hotels, but I mean, I don't think that the hotels, I like, I don't think that they're at, you know, near, you know, maximum capacity for all the parks based on, you know, from now even till the end of the year. Because, I mean, like, the parks are always like less booked in like uh, September and October.
2: well I think that some of that's been some of that been some of that's been changing but I do I do agree with you but there, see it's also but it's also they're also like you said they're also playing games to a certain extent because for for people who and I guess it depends on what you're used to and maybe it is depends on the, on the party that you know depending on the room you have and the party of people you that it's in flux but I personally don't get the idea of getting built of booking your hotel reservation and not getting you know your tickets at the same time, but clearly the people that have done that, the people that have hotel reservations right now for later in the year in 2020 that don't have their tickets, they're really in limbo, because those are the people that are actually right now going to be at the bottom of the ba- at the bottom of the totem pole, because we don't know when they're going to start selling tickets again for 2020. They say sometime this summer. It could be it could be two weeks from now. It could be could be August. But people who are but They're going to be – in the totem pole, they're going to be behind people who already have existing park tickets but don't have a hotel reservation. So if you have a hotel reservation right now for November but you chose not to get tickets when you made your reservation, somebody who just has tickets for those same dates in November but just bought tickets, regular park tickets.
0: Yeah, but I mean how many people do you think are buying the hotel but not the tickets?
2: Apparently more people than you would think. Because that doesn't make any
0: sense. I because agree with you; it doesn't. But, but it, I like think... the tickets always go up. Like the tickets, ticket prices always go up. They never go down. So, if you're booking your hotel, then there's no there's no benefit to not getting your tickets right away. I mean, unless unless you can't afford it. But even then, like your hotel, like the the cost isn't due until.
2: Yeah, 30 days out really
0: 30 days out so i mean like you know like uh, if you're buying your entire vacation based on you know uh, assuming that you're going to have the money then i mean you know then cancel your hotel and don't go this year i mean you know like that's that's a real simple uh simple way to go i mean you know yeah like if you if you don't have your tickets then then yeah like just cancel your hotel don't go to disney you know like or you know if they sell tickets then you know check the availability to make sure that you are going to be able to get into the parks that you want but man i like that's I can't, I, I can't imagine there being that many people like that though.
2: i i think the majority, i would be willing to bet you the majority of those people are probably vacation club people because again, like I think we mentioned before, sometimes you know you're, you're, you're booking a suite or a studio, and maybe you're doing it for a family trip, or you're supposed to meet up for friends, and you don't necessarily know what the size of your party is. And it historically, maybe you because it's never been an issue before, you get your, you get your ticket you get your tickets at the last minute, or maybe you don't know if you're going to need park hoppers or not. And, th- and things like that. So you so so you wait. Now yes, mm-hmm. logic logic would dictate you. You can always get you, you, you if you don't think you're going to need park hoppers, and you can always get non park hoppers and then upgrade because they never care about upgrading you. They just they just give you dirty looks if you want to downgrade. But I think that's probably it's probably a, maybe a huge percentage of vacation club. I mean I mean of the people who do that, probably a large percentage of vacation club people. And then you have and then you have people who just for whatever reason just you know, wing it at the end I, I think it's too of course I don't understand it. you don't understand it because it's not the way we we plan or we uh, our vacations. I don't get it either. I don't see why you wouldn't just get your tickets when you're making, especially if you're going through Disney directly, why you wouldn't just add them on before you check out and make your deposit. but some people appara- but some people apparently do that, and obviously enough people do it where they they, they made a whole separate category they were talking about people that. They were making it clear that if you had, you know, if you just because you, if you had a hotel reservation and you didn't have your tickets, you pretty much – you're going to have to wait in order to get your tickets. Um, so – or else they would have made – if it was only if, – if it was an extremely small percentage of people, they might have been willing to go behind the scenes and make sure these people had their tickets so they'd be eligible to go in with everybody else. Uh, but again, it's kind of like the thinning of the herd because at some point, the odds are so, – some of these reservations, they're going to need to shed, because if they're if you're only operating at best by the fall, by November, December, at 50% capacity, the odds are you book those hotels when they, when you book those reservations under the model of normal capacity. So you still are way overbooked based on what you have. Uh, so you're going to have to get rid of those because you're not you're not going to be able to ha- you're not going to be able to handle that. Uh, mm-hmm. So something's going. Something's going. Something's going to have to give. So again, all these things that annoy people at the end of the day, that might help them shed some of these things. That's so like the people who have hotel. Re- let's let's say it's only like two percent of all the reservations. But if you have two percent of people who have hotel reservations without park tickets, and by the time the park tickets go on sale, either all the park reservations are gone for their days, or you get stuck with one park. Either the same park every day, or a park you don't want to do. Those choices, you know. Then those people might just say, "I'm not going to go this year." And boom, that's one that's one one less problem we have to deal with. Um, so it's it's tough, but I think so. The but the park that's in a nutshell, kind of how the park reservation system experience went. Some people are still having problems today. Yes, a lot, of lot has to do with annual. Annual annual pass holders who had uh, hotel reservations. Uh, a lot of it also had to do with people who had multiple uh, reservations stayed, which I assume were DVC members that had mm-hmm. different multiple vacations saved because the system seemed to get confused. Uh, and only it's still only, like I think it's that might have been the case too where they still were only allowing you to do like the three days for annual pass holders. But they were only, but they were limiting the number of people, the number of days. Even for, even if you had two separate vacations on separate booking periods, if you were a vacation club member, they still only let you do like three days, even though you may have had friggin' like fifteen days booked during those two, your two vacations. So it's there were there were a lot of problems. There were a lot of problems. Um, just generally speaking, obviously it calmed down at least a little bit, just because even yesterday. After all, I was all said and done. At any time during the day, when I tried to get on my Disney experience on the on the on the website, I couldn't get in. It gave it took me back to that Cinderella Castle screen. Mm. But today, if I went to just to check my plans or my, mm. uh, through huh. the actual website and forget about the app, but on, you know, on the phone, but going through the actual website, you could do it. So obviously, you know the traffic is a lot less today. Um, but and think that's i think that might be it for disney unless there's more stuff you want to
0: add which Uh, i don't think so i think uh i think we've talked yes at length yes
2: (laughs) we were we were quite thorough i think Uh, all right so you want you want to do lego right
0: let's talk lego so nothing nothing too major um but they uh they just announced the winners of the 2019 third um third review you know the ideas review for the third you know quarter is it the third quarter or the I, I can't remember if they do this quarterly or three times a year <clears throat> I
2: can't I can't be I don't think you it, know it can't be the third quarter because we're really not in the third
0: quarter well no the, this is from 2019 oh so I you just mean, I don't oh, remember yes, if it right, was could've... the Third quarter, or just like the third one for the year.
2: I think it's just it's probably just a third review. I think they just mean probably the third
0: one for the year. So the ideas that they uh, they had for for that year for that particular uh, section was the Queen. I want to break free. The the soundstage thing. Seinfeld's thirtieth anniversary. Uh, the set from that show. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Stables. The Planet Express delivery ship from Futurama, Ratatouille, open the doors, Uh, the Lego typewriter, the Legend of the Bionicles, Uh, it was like a anniversary type uh, celebration thing. The Huascar, which is a ship, the Winter Chalet, the Toronto Rocket subway train, the Home Alone McAllister's house in the clockwork aquarium. So they announced what the winners were. <clears throat> uh, first up, we have the Home Alone house. They decided that they're going to make this giant Home Alone McAllister house. I, I mean, it, it, it it's pretty cool looking. It has like a you know a decent amount of stuff on the other side that you could play with. It's a very large set though, so. This one's definitely gonna be pricey. The second one was the, the typewriter, the Lego typewriter. I, I kind of figured that this was something that they would go for. A lot of hipsters buy Lego and <laughs> hipsters love their typewriters. It does look it, nice. Yeah, it's it's definitely a cool, cool model. Um it'd be cool if it worked, but you know, I don't think that's gonna happen. And then the third, the third winner is uh, the final is the Seinfeld set. So it's it's kind of neat, you know, because anybody that you know remembers the show, you remember you know Seinfeld's apartment. It's you know very memorable. But I mean, by the same token, like I don't know how big this set will be now, other than people that you know. I, like yeah, you can have the fans of the show, but I mean, I guess you have some people that just want to buy a Lego set of an apartment, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe. I, I don't. I don't know that I would, but yeah, out, out of the three of these, I don't think that I need any of them.
2: I would. But, uh, I, I would agree with that.
0: <laughs> and then uh, just. Um, just the other day, uh, Lego Ideas um, somebody created the final scene from Portal Two, uh, Glados versus Shell, and uh, it, it's it's a neat looking you know set. It's okay. I mean, it's not really great, but um, because that one hit ten thousand uh, supporters, uh, it, it will go into review. And so far, the other ones that are going to be up for review are um, a mountain windmill, the um, a a set based on you know the I guess the commuter room or whatever where they all hung out in community. The TV show, Uh, Lego Hero Quest, based on the old board game Hero Quest, Brickwest Studios, which is a movie studio of an old west. Saloon, kind of thing. The House from Up. Uh, Animal Crossing's New Horizons Nook's Cranny, which is pretty bland looking. A Trabant 601, which I have never heard of until now. It's a European car. Night at the Museum, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, you got the, the globe and the dinosaur and the exterior of the Museum of Natural History. A uh, fast food corner, which is like a, um, one of their modular buildings for, you know, with a fast food place on the corner. And uh, the last one is Avatar, the last airbender. Um, it's, you know, the main characters on, I believe the character is Appa, the big uh, flying uh, thing. Could be,
2: I'm yep. not familiar with Airbender.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an Appa so uh, the the set that they built I would not buy I I didn't really watch the show but just looking at it it doesn't really look that great I'm sure Lego could spruce it up but I wouldn't buy that so yeah Night at the Museum sounds pretty interesting they've done pretty well every time they make uh, like you know dinosaur bones and scientific type stuff so I think that would be a pretty cool one, and the house from up is is just you know, it's iconic. so all those rainbow you know segments, and then the balloons coming out of the chimney be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, they they sound like they sound like winners. Uh, that certainly makes a lot of sense. And you're right, the uh, there's a the night at the museum could definitely have a lot of play value. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I haven't bought a lot of Legos recently, but I don't know. I feel like I might get the Night of the Museum set just because it's. I mean, I really like that museum, but it also has a decent amount of play value. Get a little uh, Lego Teddy Roosevelt.
2: I don't know. He might be. He might not be PC these days. You got to be careful. But no, Gosh. nobody, nobody will be PC these days. They'll, they'll just, oh. God, Yeah, I'm
0: not. I'm not acknowledging that at
2: all. Yes, yes, neither. Neither am I. Teddy Roosevelt was a very, very interesting, and I mean, in a positive way for the. He's a human being, so everybody's going to have their flaws. But Teddy Roosevelt was quite an interesting and quite an interesting and American. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, thumbs up to Teddy Roosevelt overall. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, you're right. That that could be. that could definitely be a lot just visualizing Mm -hmm. night at the museum and yeah could well of course you couldn't do that without teddy roosevelt (laughs) (laughs) well we shouldn't say that somebody might try
0: (laughs) come at me (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah so i i don't know it's uh it, it's just, it's really, really well done, the exterior of the museum, uh, the way they got the pillars and the columns, and you love that globe and the dinosaur and the, the was it, Easter Island statue, yes, I guess?
2: Yes, the Easter Island statue.
0: Yep. Yes, yeah, so. that's, that's,
2: that's, that's really cool.
0: Man. Really. Oh, my God, and micro figures of Jebediah and Octavius. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I genuinely want this set, and it doesn't even exist yet.
2: And and you, and you could you could play the sequel and just stick a Darth Vader minifig in there.
1: <laughs>
2: God. Yeah, that's neat. Even looking at the front of it, yeah, I w- I would, I definitely hope this one wins.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's that's, that's a cool one. And then they could also do like uh, you know a tie in and actually sell it at the museum.
2: Yes, until until they close the museum for being offensive.
0: <laughs> and on that note, and on you that want to note, take us out?
2: uh, yes. Um, well, before before we actually, know I'll I'll do this, then I'll then I'll talk about what's coming next. Uh, so lanterncast at gmail.com Uh, The website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, hashtag Geocast to locate us on on those. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, we are on all of those, so please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, the voicemail, 708 Lantern. So, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. And coming up next, possibly... (laughs) maybe see that's the benefit of this being the closing segment as opposed to the opening segment
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> that it may very well be episode 400 and it might very well be a, whether it's a cameo or a full episode appearance of one Chad Bokelman <laughs> but we make no guarantees <laughs> but it's possible discussions are taking place hopefully, won't, hopefully they won't be discussions like uh the major league players and the owners have been having for multiple months oh, just God. to get end up in the place where they could have where they could have been to begin with. Uh, so, all kidding aside, yes, there, there there's a reasonable expectation that the next recording might be 400 with Chad.
0: But we'll know soon enough. <laughs> that's that's a vocal tease. <laughs> a vocal tease.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes a vocal tease. <laughs> um, uh so good night everybody
0: so um uh